the world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve 8 from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layer timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve 8 is available from $995. Current users can download the update for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagic-design.com What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell. And in this episode, we have Lindsay Yutz, the final episode. And if you haven't yet checked out the Karen Schmier Fellowship, you really should check it out. It's at karenschmier.com. Also, after this episode, we're going to have an announcement for that post-show with Kanan. If you remember, I did an interview with him a few months back. As well as lots of information about the open course. It kind of uh, exploded into something on the internet. And uh, we kind of have to take care of that now. So, stay tuned. Get ready. The first thing we're going to do is interview Lindsay for the last part. And then we're going to come back with Lauren and myself. So enjoy the interview with Lindsay. You mentioned it a few times, there were several deaths mm -hmm. in the movie itself, but there's also ones that you've removed. Dealing with this content, because for you, you're, you might be in there at 8 in the morning, 7 in the morning, working... 10. 10 in the morning, working... But till late. Yeah, yeah, you might work 12 <laughs> hours, you might yeah. work 14 hours, who knows. But you're dealing with this content that is extremely, well, sad, but also it's really intense, I guess you could say, or yeah. emotionally heavy. So I guess, how did you approach making sure that you got separated from it, or how did you... You really never leave the edit room, you know? I mean, you may go home and sleep, but you're constantly in it. And it takes a huge toll on you. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's a, it was a really difficult project, and the subject matter seeps into your own conscious and you dream about it and you think about it and you you feel this enormous responsibility to these people who s shared well, their stories with you. They're real people. It's not like a fiction where, right. you know, the actor went home. It's Right. These are real people. These are like real children that, and real parents that like found their children, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, the opening scene is just yeah. gut-wrenching. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, it's heartbreaking and there's no easy it was hard for everybody that worked on the film it was an, an enormous emotional you know battle and 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 everybody you know was passionate and um, felt that that weight the weight of the responsibility of telling these stories mm -hmm. you know to the best of their ability you know I guess that brings up one of the problems is, is that uh, the film never gives like a solution because you can't mm -hmm. it's it's not I don't want to say it's not in your realm like you could have been like you said you could have interviewed experts who said here's how you fix it or mm -hmm. but every situation is different that no matter what solutions works for one community it won't work for another was there ever discussions about uh, adding solutions removing solutions or absolutely yeah there was a lot of discussion about it well, I guess, and what were some of the solutions that were presented to you guys? Well, I mean, there was an entire 
While Lee and Cynthia were shooting in Sioux City, Iowa, they were shooting at an elementary school and a high school in the same city. And the high school never made it into the film, but there's just as much footage in that high school as there is in the elementary school. And that high school was really, um, part of the reason it didn't make it into the film is because there really wasn't, like they were doing a really good job handling bullying. Mm -hmm which doesn't really make for a good film. Like, what were we gonna do? Like, you know, on one hand, you have all this like intense, veri dark verite footage that's, you know, that really like punches you in the gut and makes you mm -hmm. feel for these people, which I think became more of a priority than, you know, becoming a case study for how, you know, schools handle bullying and what works and what doesn't, you know, because that didn't feel like the kind of documentary that was gonna get people thinking about this subject matter in a different way. You know, that that's a great discussion to have, but maybe outside of the movie theater or like, you know, at a conference or, you know, it just, it doesn't, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it doesn't really make for great drama to, or great, like, you know, storytelling, or it would be a different film, you know? I mean, it just, it felt like, all that footage felt like a different film, you know? And that wasn't the film we were telling, and so, we also tried to, you know, to in the third act, inject feelings, inject, you know, glimmers of hope, right? But what I didn't want to do and what I sort of fought for in the edit room was not to tell people how we need to deal with this problem, but instead allow the hope and the hopefulness to come through organically the through the characters that were in the film. So like at the end, Calby says something like, you know, um, we need to like all stand up and one by one we can change things. And t you know, Tyler's father says something to the same, you know, to the same tune and so does, um, the Smalley family, and so you start to get these messages through the characters, which was a more, to me, felt like a more honest way to impart a kind of hopefulness and a kind of, um, to kind of plant in the viewer ideas for how we could actually address this. And I think the major takeaway is like talking about it, acknowledging it as, as an issue, you know. Um, standing up and like, you know, the rallies at the end, mm -hmm. that was really the purpose of the rallies at the end was to show that like, by just standing together and speaking about something that's gone, you know, unnoticed or untalked about for so long, that that is really the first step towards addressing the problem. So, you know, I don't know if that, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's, yeah. it's, it, it seems like a better way to, to talk about, to, to, to start to get into the solution thing without presenting a list of things yeah. that would help, you know. It's the, it's the starting point for it's the conversation. It's the starting point for the, the conversation. conversation. And, yeah, and a film can only do so much, right? Like, you've got to decide what you want your film to be and what you want it, what you want the viewers to feel when they leave mm -hmm. the theater. And do you want to spend 10 minutes talking about solutions? Or yeah. do you want to use the film as a way to, like, get people to care about the issue so oh, that they talk about the solutions outside of the film, yeah. you know? And so I think that that was kind of the direction we decided to go in. So the director was also the DP and the producer. Did you, how did you approach uh, working with him so that he separated himself from the footage even a little bit to allow you to manipulate the footage however you, you had to? Because he's so, in, you know, he's the director, the DP, the producer, 
Yeah, I think I think that was that 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 was hard um, because I didn't want to meet any of these people while we were editing the film. I didn't want to have a relationship with them outside of the edit room because there were a couple occasions where some of them like came through New York and Lee would go like hang out with them while they were in town and and I didn't want to meet any of them because I all I really cared about was what was on the screen and what we had and. You know, it's very hard when, you know, a director sets out to shoot a film and they have their original concept in mind and maybe after a year of shooting, they didn't come home with their original concept, you know? And that happens all the time, I think, with documentaries, is you set out to make one film and you end up with another. And that's just the nature of it, right? But that that's a constant challenge with a director because they're kind of they came into it thinking that it was going to be a certain way and then you have to be the kind of the voices like well I, I, I understand where you're coming from but what you're saying isn't what I'm seeing and so it's a constant negotiation and that never gets easier I mean I still think in a lot of ways he was too close to the film and um, I think that's probably true of a lot of documentaries and you know you win as many battles as you can in the edit room, and then you don't win them all, you know? And, and the director could probably say the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's sort of like, you don't know at the end of the day if they, they, they also, the, the thing is, like, editors get to move on with their lives mm -hmm. and, like, work on other things. And, you know, Lee's going to be taking this film around the country for years, you know, and yeah. has been. And so he has a different set of, challenges outside of the edit room now that the film is like out in the world you know and that is something that editors don't have to really take into account um, so you know I think it's it's tricky it's tricky because on one hand you want to be like I know what's right and this is like that's not working you know and but you know there's a lot of other things to take into account well I have I have one last question for you uh, and that's it's just a fun one I do with all the editors I interview, and that's, um, what's your favorite guilty pleasure film to watch? Favorite guilty pleasure film? That's a good question. I want it after I tell you, I want to know what other editors say. Um, oh, I'd have to, some of them I can remember because they're just so shocked. I was yeah. just like, oh, that's really good. And yeah. Some of them are all right. But. Oh, um, let me see. Uh, God, I just, I don't want to, I'm a sucker for like, um, yeah, no, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is one of my favorite yeah, films. I watch that every year, um, year after year, and I never get sick of it. So, there's that. Thank you very much for letting me interview. Thank you so much. So that was my interview with Lindsay. With me right now is Lauren. Hello. And, well, I guess we should start with the open course, Lauren. Yep, lots of response on that kind of got out of hand. We posted something on the Cutting Room webpage. So if you go to aotg.com slash cutting room, mm -hmm. you'll see a open for business sign. And you can go in and check out what people have been submitting. So lots of emails saying, this is what we think you should do with it. You should try this, you should try that. Almost too much to actually list here right? for you guys. Some of the key things I will mention for you guys. Uh, so we're gonna look into having 12 to 14 classes. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have satellite courses, or sorry, satellite classes or uh, supplementary classes where we have people talk about particular elements that, 
for example, we were talking about having Norman Holland discuss his book, The Lean Forward Moment, and the theories behind it. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Other big things, we had a lot of really top-end editors email us. Awesome. And say that if we want them to talk, just let them know. Perfect. We did hit a big hurdle, which uh, we're going to work on this week, which is use of footage in right. the things. We are, when I talk to a few people who've, who do docs and do elements like this, we do fall under the fair use clause, but we're not going to rely on that. Right. Because we don't want any of the editors to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so we are this week going to contact some of the studios and start the discussion process. And maybe if anyone out there who's listening has any connections or suggestions on how to tackle that, maybe they should contact you. They should definitely contact me at info at AOTG.com. Right. The other thing is, uh, I had a nice long meeting today with someone. Mm-hmm. His name is Andre. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a producer slash editor. And some of his work includes some hip-hop artists, I don't know, you might know them as Beyonce and Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked on their DVDs. Awesome. And he loves this idea because he's a big fan of editing. And he wants to know if he can help us produce it. Awesome. And so I said, hell yes. Yes. Hi, Andre. Thank you, Andre. And so, yeah, we're... Uh, we talked today and our big thing this week is he's putting together a budget and I'm going to start working on getting the studios involved. Awesome. So there we go. That's step one. Step one. And uh, lots of people said they would donate. Mm -hmm. And we did the math. And if we can get everyone to donate $5 from our, from our listeners and our users, we can cover the costs. That's it. $5. And if you think about... You know, maybe if you're, you've listened to all of the podcasts or if you go to the website every single day, you know, five bucks is not a lot for all of that information that you've enjoyed over the time that you've got to know AOTG. So if it's something you feel that you could contribute or even more than or less to, we'll take whatever. I think uh, before too long, Gord will have set up a Kickstarter. Very soon. We're, we're, well, we're calling the studios first because we're trying to negotiate a flat rate. Right. We're going to be negotiating, before we go to Kickstarter, we're actually going to negotiate a rate with all the studios so that we know how much to try and raise on Kickstarter. So, yeah, it, it's uh, extremely exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think there should be an open course spring break, and it could be maybe like um, a video conference wild party so yeah some sort of a spring break i don't know maybe or maybe everybody posts on our facebook page um pictures of them doing something you would do on spring break in their editing suite <laughs> so i don't know if you're getting beats or if you're um uh, you've got a funnel or if you're like me and not doing or anything. Or you're studying. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe um, partway through, we'll ask for some pictures and the best one might get a t-shirt or something. Okay. I think that's a fantastic idea. Great. So, as I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, 
we sort of teamed up with that post show, our pals over at Scruffy Thinking. That's uh, cute. <laughs> I like that. That's uh, Kanan, and you might remember his interview I did a few months back. Yep. Now, we have teamed up with him, and we're trying to promote each other's products on, the, on our podcast. Because we realized, we went into iTunes, the two of us together, and we mm-hmm. looked, and we realized if you search for editing podcasts or film post-production podcasts, neither of our podcasts come up, and the most random things come up that have nothing to do with post. Hmm. So, people listening... Tell your friends. If you're a fan of my show and Lauren's show, please go check out that post show. So check it out on iTunes. Yep. Go download it. And this week, on September 4th, when they release their next episode, they're going to have Steve Ford, mm-hmm. who's the senior product manager at Adobe. Cool. And, and um, also, uh, if you if you like both the podcasts or, you know, want to support both the podcasts, then subscribe to them. And while you're there, rate them and leave a comment because I have a feeling that, that That's iTunes why we're not up in the things. Yeah, we I have a feeling that iTunes might like that. Um, well, we the big would. thing we found, so both of us have, he has post in his thing, mm-hmm. but not post-production. Right. And we don't have editing in ours. We have cutting room. Right. And so if you search for it, I guess these other people have post-production or editing in their titles, but it might be, you know, editing, uh, and a writer's editing. Right. We need you guys to go to iTunes, vote us up, give us stars, leave comments, be like, this is the greatest... Film editing podcast, right? Or post show podcast. I have never been. I've never listened to a better film editing post production uh, editors podcast. <laughs> so film. you got to do that for myself. You got to do that for that post show because realistically, the ones we saw that were post usually ended. They you know they haven't been updated in two years. They haven't been touched. And we want to make and sure they don't that have, they probably don't have as voracious a yeah. listening audience that's so in tune with the editing world. So well, and that's just it. We have we're doing all all of us are doing ourselves a, a disservice. We have a crazy subscriber list, and we want to get everyone sharing everything, and that's why we're teaming up with that post show. Well, and we want to make sure there may be. Just think about this. There could be some really sad editors out there they're looking for a community to participate in and they can't find us and they're just you know they're orbiting the the podcast sphere and help rein them in bring them some gravity rein them into the cutting cutting room and then um and then they can find the post show and then oh my gosh they're gonna be so happy because Mm -hmm. they'll be like a mother and a father exactly or a mother and a mother and, or a father and a father or um, whatever, whatever they need emotionally. Yeah. A guardian. A guardian. All right. So that said, we have our forward film review. Tons of guesses this week. I was really surprised. No one got it. Oh, dear. We got lots of emails. No one got it. So, Lauren. Yes. You got to you gotta up it this All week. All right. So, last week. It's the same. We'll talk about the same one. Last week. The clue was, which Walters works wonders? So, which Walters works wonders? And this week, girl men's emotional tapestry. So, 
Let's see if you can figure out which one that is. I have a feeling that I can probably guess something about the person who gets this one right. So Let's it's going to be a very particular demographic that gets this one. Lauren? Yes. If they know it, they can send us an email, info at aotg.com. Yep. What about Twitter? At Art Guillotine. Or Facebook, facebook.com slash Art Guillotine. Yep. Now, I'm going to have to wrap this up. I don't want to drive you guys nuts with long banter at the end. No, and we got a pizza in the oven. Yeah, we got a pizza in the oven. I'd like to thank Lindsay Utz. I'd like to thank the Karen Schmier Fellowship. I'd like to thank the American Cinema Editors for helping me set this up. I'd like to thank my producer, Lauren Burkell. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>